are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi again, everyone. We're meeting here again on a Wednesday. It's hump day. I have, I don't think I've said that yet. I apologize. I take that back. Let's not talk about hump day. Um, <laughs> so start up at the top. We're going to, we're going to, I'm not going to, I could beat around the bush. Y'all are doing the stars more, more stars. Um, I had sent out a email sometime in August saying I wanted to get up to 30 ratings. And as the, the time I'm recording this, we're not there yet. So, okay, right now, pick up your phone. Am I at 30 ratings yet? Look at, look at your phone. Do you see 30 ratings on iTunes or Apple podcast? Do you see it? Is it there yet? If it's not, Go ahead and hit the stars. Good. Oh, wait. Okay, is it already at 30? It's okay. Still to go hit the stars. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, it totally helps me. And I'm like, I, I don't know other way to say this. Is like, I ain't fucking around with this show. Like, I want people to hear it. I want it to be found. And the way that people can find it is that if other people recommend it and how you recommend it is like truly like recommending it. Like, you know, I mean, whoa, if you want to do that, go ahead, hit share and fucking share it right now. But the other way you can do it is like more like subtle is like, you can just do what you did and you can hit the stars and, and then it, you know, slowly comes into the periphery of other uh, podcast listeners. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's happening. Y'all are doing it. Okay. So this week's episode I have with me, Amanda Anderson, and I'm thrilled that we are, are, are bringing this topic into the show. This is something that I, um, uh, expected would, would come up in, in interviewing moms because this is so common. And so the topic we're going to deal with this week um, is postpartum depression. Um, and that can manifest itself a little bit differently in postpartum psychosis. And I'm so grateful to Amanda for showing up with the story. Like I said, it's something that I expected would come up in interviewing moms because it's so more, much more common than we know, than we... Um, than we have recorded, you know, like it doesn't get diagnosed. It often flies under the radar. And because the image of moms is to, you know, soldier on, martyr yourself, keep going. And we often don't take time to stop and say like, I'm suffering. I'm drowning under the weight of all this and it's getting dark and it's getting bad. And so how we're going to combat that is to talk about it. So this is a really important topic. They all are. Can you believe, can we take a moment and like do a little round of applause to all the women that are sharing these fucking topics? Because this isn't, this isn't fluff. We're doing the heavy lifting and I'm so proud of everyone for showing up in their, in their stories. So I'm going to stop yammering, even though I love to yammer. I'm a yammerer. Um, and let's send it over to Amanda and I. Hi, I'm here with Amanda today. Hi. Hi. So I like to ask people, 
Like, what do we need to know about you as like an overview before we get started and hear your story? So I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I have four Mm -hmm. kids, right? Mm -hmm. So they Mm -hmm. are the same age gaps as all of yours. Um, But yours are a little older. Mine are seven. Excuse me. Mine are almost eight. (laughs) She's almost Mm -hmm. eight. Five, two, and one. So they're really little. (laughs) Yeah. And I am... I mean, aside from being a mom, I think it's a whole separate identity, but I am Mm -hmm. a very goal-oriented, passion-driven woman in general. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to help just like rally around women and like create a community and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to like embrace all of my roles that I just love doing and kind of put them all together in one little spot. But I'm a military wife. My husband's a firefighter. He actually deploys. And I don't know when this will air, but in like two weeks he deploys. Oh, wow. So I'm going to be home with all my kids and Where, running my business from home and all the things. Right. Where is he deploying to? Can I, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Okay, yeah, that's why. That's why I said, "Can I ask?" I don't know. I, yeah, don't I tell mean, me that. I mean, <laughs> I might be able to. I know I'm allowed to tell family and stuff, but I don't know if, like, right. publicly, I'm allowed to, like, you know what I mean? When in, you I, know, I'm a celiac, and it's like, when in doubt, go without. So we're gonna, when in doubt, we're just gonna go without. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. So the military will get mad at me if I disclose. Yes. No, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> just I know no. it's overseas. It's it's All overseas. Right. So he's, he will be on an airplane. Before yes, <laughs> a long airplane ride. Airplane. Yes, that's all we know. I love it. Um, all right. And so tell me a little bit about, um, uh, no, I think we should just, I think we should just start your story. I was, I was, cause I know that she has this project that we're going to talk a lot about, but I think we should just start with your story. Cause I feel like your story is like my story where the project is part of your story. Yeah. And it's, yeah. um, you have to kind of start at the beginning. Like you need a lot yeah, of setup yeah. and things like that. Yep. So, so let's, yep. So let's, let's just start. So we start the show with, the moment and some sometimes it's large sometimes it's small sometimes you know i've said it happens to you like you something happens and you're like oh now i'm faced with this um we have a the the thread is that this can't be my life or just not this is another great way to put it like i don't know where i'm going but it just can't be this anymore um and so we can just share that moment and then we'll go back and you can tell us what led you to that moment but do you have a moment like that i'm pretty sure you do Yes. So my moment is when I was admitted on a suicide watch Mm -hmm. and I had an eight month old baby at home and a three year old daughter and Mm -hmm. I hit rock bottom and I was admitted on a suicide watch and I was pissed that I was even there. I went to my therapist and like just went for a doctor's appointment and I didn't come Mm -hmm. home for five days. And so it was like this big thing. You know what I mean? And so, Mm -hmm. but I was mad that I was even there. I wasn't expecting to be there, but I mean, in retrospect, it was one of those things where I was like, if she hadn't done that, like I probably wouldn't be here today. So it's one of those things that it saved my life and I needed to be there, but it was still, I was pissed that it even happened, you know? So, but that's my moment. Uh, Um, That's a moment. That'll do it. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of like, We roll back now and be like, what got you there? I think my biggest thing is that, you know, like when you start having kids, you're like, well, I can't go to work because I'm going to be working just to pay for daycare. And then like, why Mm -hmm. the hell would I do that? Right? Like, so I, I felt the need to, I was pregnant with my second baby. Mm -hmm. We closed on our house on my due date and she was born the day we moved into our house. 
And Mm -hmm. so if that isn't enough already, right? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) my husband, the baby was born at like four o'clock in the morning. And by seven o'clock, he had the moving truck with all of the people. Like he was juggling my daughter at my friend's house and me at the hospital with the new baby and moving and everything all in one day. Like he still goes down in history as super dad for that day. And I usually hate the term like super mom or super dad, but that's what it was. That That was a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so anyways, um, so that was kind of like the start of it. Right. But we bought that house with the intention of me opening up an in-home daycare. So that Mm -hmm. way I could provide an income and have my kids Mm -hmm. with me and no big Mm -hmm. deal. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be perfect. Like it was right. You thought you had figured it out. You're like, I figured out how I'm going to work and have my kids. Yeah, works, right? That's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. So um, I we get into this new house, and the second we get there, mind you, I we move in. I come home from the hospital to a brand new house that needs to be unpacked, put together, mm-hmm. renovated in some way, like, right? It's, it's not like you come home and you can just relax because your house is already Mm-mm. put together. No, we just barely moved in. There's boxes and shit everywhere. So we had to, like, I didn't get that time to rest after my baby was born. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, but... With that, it wasn't just putting together my house. It was, I need to get certified with the state, with the Air Force, so I can be a licensed mm-hmm. provider. And there was mm-hmm. all of these regulations that was like, well, you can't put a playset in the backyard because you need a six-feet fall zone around your playset, and you don't have room for that. Uh-huh. Like, all of that stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. sanitizing bottles and, like, all the things. So There's I so went, many regulations. There's yeah. so many regulations for a home daycare. So I went from one easy three-year-old mm-hmm. to a new baby. And within two months of her being born, I had gotten registered, gotten licensed and opened up my daycare and took in six new children, wow. 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So that enough was alone to like culture shock your brain. But at two months postpartum, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I see that mm-hmm. now. And I, I don't know I don't know if anybody warned me or if I was just too stubborn to be like, I got this, you know, like yep. if, if someone <laughs> expressed concern for me, I don't even remember it because I completely shut them out. Like, this is what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm very, I am mm-hmm. one of those people that like, you have a moment, like, this is what you're going to do. Don't mess with me. Just watch me. I'm going to do it. Like, yep. you know what I, I mean? got this. This is my idea. Well, and this is what I'm doing. It's valued in mom world. It's really valued. It's that is what people congratulate you for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can kill mm-hmm. you. It almost yep. did. Yep. So I now have six children in my care, 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And it's not like one of those things where they just come over and we watch TV or we do arts and crafts or whatever. It was like, mm-hmm. there was so many, especially from the, the state didn't have so much regulations, but the Air Force did. And okay. it was like, if the kids are all playing nicely in the living room and I have to go to the bathroom, I have to make all of the kids stop what they're doing. They have to come sit outside the bathroom while I pee because they have to be with an earshot of me. Like it, I couldn't wow. even go to the bathroom without being followed around. Right. And mm-hmm. the air force made it very clear that they can come by unannounced at any time and make sure that you are in compliance with all of the things on their checklist. So it wasn't just that I was babysitting kids. It was like, I had to, my home turned into an institution. Like Uh it was Mm -hmm. not like, I look at like pictures of what my home looked like when I had that daycare and it is heavy. Like just the spirit that I remember it being like, when I look at it that time, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that was such a bad time. Like that was 
that was not my home, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. anyways, I did that for maybe seven. No, I was, so I was hospitalized on a suicide watch when my baby was eight months old. So I did that for six months. Mm -hmm. And my husband was like, girl, something's wrong. Like you need Mm -hmm. to go to the doctor. And um, because I was, I'd never been that ragey. I had never been so flustered by noise from children. I had never been like before all of this happened. And I just think of my sweet little three-year-old at the time, her and I were like BFFs and we played and we laughed and we did all these fun things. And then I take on all of the shit and it just like, mm-hmm. <sighs> you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, I took mm-hmm. on too much. So yeah. it wasn't just the house or the daycare or the new baby. It was like everything together, like mm-hmm. taking on too mm-hmm. much. And so I just went into this mental spiral. And I want to mm-hmm. say it was in like, so I was admitted in April. And I want to say in January was when my husband was like, let me take you to the doctor. Like something's wrong. Right. And I legitimately thought that I had fibromyalgia because my body hurt all the time, all the mm-hmm. freaking time. And I go in there and I tell them what's going on. Like my body hurts. I'm just like so irritable because I'm in so much pain. I just thought that's what it was. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, girl, you're depressed. Like, this is anxiety and depression. And so they set me up with a therapist. They got me on some meds. They, like, did all these things. Come to find out, I have, like, really, like, low-key bipolar. But when okay. you give a bipolar, pers- bipolar person the wrong meds, it really messes with their mind. <gasps> oh, okay. And so uh-huh. I got put on, like, the standard med, right? I all of a sudden was doing a whole lot of super depressive, like hit my lows. And then randomly, all of a sudden, I'll just get really manic, like shaking, like, I don't know what to do with my life. What am I doing? I don't, I don't know what I'm like. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Like it was just, you know what I mean? But it was like so the, phys- physically, that's what I sounded like in the middle of a sentence. Like, I, wow. it, you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't just mm-hmm. inside. It was outwardly right. it was expressed. manifesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it would just keep going on this roller coaster all day long. And it was just mm-hmm. up and down. And when I would get into those deep depressive ones, that's when I would get into like postpartum psychosis. I okay. would like yep. have these awful visions. And my husband too, like hearing it from his side of the story, he says, when I was in those deep depressive, it was like, I wasn't even there. He would talk to yeah. me and it was like, are you there? Hello? What? Where? And I would just like stare off into space. In my brain though, where I was, I was stabbing my husband. I was shooting myself wow. in the head mm-hmm. in my closet. I was sta- hitting my kids in the head with a baseball bat. That's what I was mm-hmm. seeing in my brain when he couldn't get me to respond. And mm-hmm. I would come out of that. And I it would, again, become into this manic episode where I'd be like, what is wrong with me? Where am I at? What, what is going on? Like, it was so heavy and just this up and down and up and down all the time. So I go back to the doctor and I'm like, these meds are not working. And they're like, oh, well, well, you must be on too low of a dose. So they upped it. Oh, man. Oh, no. That's when I was admitted. Because I, and I went and I talked to, I, at the time I was meeting with, um, there was a nurse that would come to my home, which was so helpful Mm -hmm. because she could come when I had the daycare kids there and she would come during nap time and I would talk to her. So I would have therapy sessions middle Mm -hmm. of the day when I had all these kids in my house. She set me up with a postpartum depression, like specialist, right? She's a specialist in that therapy. My very first appointment with this lady, the specialist, (laughs) Uh she walked me down to the emergency room and had me admitted. Wow. 
And so, and at first I was pissed because one, I don't know this lady. I don't have any kind of rapport with her. Mm -hmm. And it's my very first meeting with her. And she tells me that there, she's going to get my meds adjusted, but she's got to go down to the pharmacy in the ER to do that. And, you know, in my brain, that made sense. And so she takes me down to the ER and they have me, they call me back and they take all the stuff off the walls. They make me like they put have me put on these scrubs because they didn't know if I had like weapons or something that I could hurt mm-hmm. myself or other people mm-hmm. with. And I mean, I, I look back at it now and I'm grateful that they took those precautions for their safety, for my safety. But in the moment mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Like, what is your problem? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was insulting mm-hmm. and frustrating. Um, but you know, they, they do those things for a reason because they never know. Yep. Like when yep. I'm having visions of stabbing people, like, of course they need to take those precautions, right. you know? Right. Right. And but so, in the moment, you're not going to have a rational In, in the moment, like, I'm yeah. pissed. Like, yes. you didn't tell me I was being admitted. Why won't you let me leave? Why are you taking my clothes? Why? Like, I don't understand, you know? And so they kept me there and I was breastfeeding at the time. And mm-hmm. I, I was mad because I was like, I need to feed my baby. She would, she refused to take a bottle. And she was one of those babies too that my husband, anytime I would go somewhere within 20 minutes, he's like, are you coming back? Because this baby, and that was probably another pressure that was put on me that I can't, you know what I mean? I couldn't get away. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I couldn't go anywhere because this baby needed me all the time. And so now all of a sudden I go to a therapy appointment and five hours later, my husband hasn't heard from me because the hospital we're in has crappy service. So I didn't have any kind of service and my phone died. Anyways, I finally called, like, I called, or I asked if I can make a phone call to my husband. I was like, if you guys aren't going to let me leave, I need to know what's going on. And he was like, what the hell is happening? He knew something was wrong. He knew what I was going through in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's funny, until I started advocating for women's mental health and postpartum, Mm he had never heard the stories of my visions. He never heard how bad they were because I wasn't Mm going to tell my husband I was having visions of stabbing him or I wasn't going to tell him I was having visions of hitting the kids with baseball bats. Like he wouldn't ever let me like, he would lock me in a room, (laughs) (laughs) you know, not really, but it was just one of those things Mm -hmm. that I was, it was so scary. I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And the, the one time I did, I was admitted, you know? And so it was, it was scary, but That experience in the hospital was the very first time I realized I could use art as a form of therapy. It was the very first time that I realized that the stigma behind a mental health facility, I'm not in a loony bin and the people in here are not crazy. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, I actually found my journal. I was looking for some stuff the other day in the garage and I found my journal that I wrote in. They gave us a, you know, just a notebook Mm -hmm. and I found it and it, it said something along the lines of, I needed to go through this so I can find the beauty in people. And I am, these people aren't crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm one of them and we're here for a reason. And it it, it was so enlightening to see. I mean, it didn't come immediately. It was like after two days of them not letting me go home, I was like, all right, well then I guess I should probably give into this. I should should probably just allow you guys to freaking help me or whatever, because you're not going to let me leave. So what do I need to do to leave? So that was kind of my mindset was like, let me just manipulate the system. Like, let's take in as much as I can so I can get the hell out of here. Right. 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 But let me check the, check the boxes. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. And so. Eventually, though, when I really started to just, like, allow the process and allow Mm -hmm. the therapy, that's when I figured out it wasn't me that was crazy. It was the freaking meds that I was on. 
Yeah. And and that will really rock your world if you mm-hmm. are on the wrong meds. And so um, they they were trying to like wean me off of it or whatever. And I was just like, peace. I'm not taking this anymore. And so I just stopped taking them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted – anyways, I was in the hospital. It was monitored, whatever. But it was it was the first time that I finally felt some, like, clarity. Like, mm-hmm. these meds were messing with me. And so – Anyways, besides the point, I met some beautiful people there, mm-hmm. beautiful stories. The one guy that will always sit in my heart, I always cry when I talk about him because he's such a beautiful soul. When I first got there, he would not stop crying. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Like, <laughs> why is he crying all the freaking time? And, you know, you come in with this, like, judgmental, like, I'm in this loony bin, right? And then... Um, right. And, uh, let me guess. Everyone thinks I don't belong here, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. No one belongs mm-hmm. there. Everybody, yeah. you know? And it's just, I yeah. think, that stigma that goes behind it, that it makes mm-hmm. people so scared to go there. Um, yeah. But this gentleman, as we go through group through therapy, and as I, you know, we had downtime and I was able to talk to him and stuff... I found out that he lost his wife to cancer unexpectedly. It was like she wasn't feeling well. She went to the doctor and she died like the next week. And it was like super fast. And then um, because of that that trauma, their Mm -hmm. son took his life. And so within one month, he lost his two rocks. Like I cry because I can't even imagine. And so anyways, he was there because Mm -hmm. he was all of this trauma, all of this death around it him, was you know? too much it was, it was too, too much. much and so yeah. like that was just one example of all the beautiful mm-hmm. stories of the people there mm-hmm. and we we aren't we aren't crazy we just needed help like dealing with things yep. you know anyways beautiful people beautiful stories but really what what sits so much in my heart and that started this transformation for me was art Mm-hmm. And that's when I started drawing. That's when I started. I mean, I kind of always had a love for it when I was a kid and stuff, but I never like did it. You know what I mean? It was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I like to create. I like to do these things. But as a form of therapy, whole nother level. It was a whole nother level. Uh-huh. And, and that so, started there. Yeah. So I I mean, they just had coloring pages and things like that. And or I would just draw in my journal and mm-hmm. things like that. And it was then that people were like, Amanda has a talent for this. And it was the first time that I ever Anybody had ever said that to me, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, you're really good at this. Like we would in group therapy, we'd go around and we'd talk about like good things that we see in other people, because when you're in that dark place, you don't see those good things in yourself. So you need to hear it from other people. Yep. But that was the one thing that people said to me is that she's good at drawing. She's good at all these creative things. And so I was like, okay, so I get home from the hospital in a totally re- rejuvenated thing. But I get home and I said the most heartfelt freaking prayer that I have ever said in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not always the best with my faith or my spirituality or anything like that. I, I know I could do work on praying daily or whatever, right? <laughs> so for me to sit down and say like a really like honest to God prayer and being so mm-hmm. firm in my prayer, I've never, ever done that in my life. And I was at rock bottom. And I said, mm-hmm. if you need me here, tell me what my freaking purpose is because I know I'm here for a reason. So why the hell am I on this earth? Mm-hmm. Why? And mm-hmm. I was just prompted to start school. I, I went with the intention of getting my architecture degree. Okay. But in that process, I, I took some architectural drawing classes. I took some rendering classes. I took it, It's technically a science degree, but 
all of the classes that I just loved and poured my heart into were my the art design classes. And art. But mm-hmm. because I took physics and geology, it's a science degree, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I say I have an art degree because that's where my heart is. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, the so I that's where I found art. And it was in one of my semesters off that, like a summer semester, that I started painting for people. I opened up a online shop for people to order custom paintings. And I really just found this piece by just creating for people. I'd never touched watercolor in my life, but I did one painting and opened an online shop and people just wanted me to paint for them. And so I was like, okay, I guess I have a a thing here. Right, I have a thing now. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, I kind of took a different direction and I was doing stuff for church and, you know, drawing people's churches and things like that. But it wasn't until... July of 2020 that I was like, there's a deeper purpose behind my art here. What am, what am Mm -hmm. I doing? I was flipping through my journal from the past five years. And have you ever seen that show? It's called, I can only imagine. And it's Mm -mm, like, he's, he's, he's writing this, um, he's trying to write this song, right? And his dad just died and he flips through his journal and everywhere all over his journal, it says, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And that's the name of his song is I can only imagine. And so it was like that kind of experience where he um, got his inspiration and whatever. I was flipping through my journal and Mm -hmm. everywhere I wrote art saved my life. Art saved my life. It was art that saved my life. And so I'm like, okay, if art saved my life, what can I do with that? How can I use Mm -hmm. art to help other people the way it helped me? And so I created my art membership. It's essentially we're blend, we're blending like watercolor techniques, right? I'm going to teach you watercolor. So you're going to learn a skill, but we're blending art with self-care. So we also have our art journal portion where people can like dump out all of their emotions onto their journal in front in front of them. And we give them just like little easy to watch videos of different techniques you can use to take all of your emotions and just put them on. And so anyways, we have themes every month that kind of support different topics and different things like that. But we're just diving into I, I became a certified therapeutic art life coach as well. And so because mm-hmm. if, if I felt like if I was going to teach this, I should have some kind of coaching something behind it. And mm-hmm. we're going to be launching a course soon um, on therapeutic art and mandalas and all sorts of fun things, art journaling. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so fantastic. But, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. And it's been <laughs> so fantastic. One, I want to start with thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you. Like, I want to roll back. Like, I, I take notes over here. It's my little pencil out. I truly appreciate you explaining the difference. You know, like, we, we did a little bit, kind of went over it, and I wrote down because I wanted to go back to it. The difference between PPD and PPP, right? The postpartum mm-hmm. psychosis. Yeah. Because that is such... Okay, I think everyone's probably heard of PPD, but not PPP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a common thing, and I just so appreciate that you can share your story because it takes bravery to talk about this shit, and then the more we talk about it, the more people know, and then we know, you know, we're not alone. And again, like you can come out of it and away from it. And anyway, so I really, I wanted to just go back to that and say, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And of course, like this is not, you know, this is not the easy shit, but it's the important shit, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I just absolutely love that I think this reminds me of like when I went to yoga, you know, when I was like, okay, I got to figure out something. I got to do something fucking different. Right. That you were like, oh, this art 
thing, you know, like Mm -hmm. I kind of knew about it, but, and then somebody being like, you're good at that. And then like, look what it's turned into. I just, I fucking love that. Anyway. So those were just a couple things, but I wanted to go back to, so during the time, like you went home, you know, you're home and what, like what else or, or what was life like between like getting home from the hospital and now to, you know, five years later, I think it is. Right. Yeah. Like so, what else did you, you know, how, how, like I'm assuming the daycare is no more or do you still have the daycare? No. Oh no, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the week before I had told my director that I was going mm-hmm. through postpartum depression. Okay. And, um, I had given permission for my therapist to contact mm-hmm. my director. Um, and like later that day after my therapist contacted her, the air force came in and closed my daycare, which okay. was ironic because like, I want to say like three days before that, Mm -hmm. I had sent out a notice to all of my families being like, I'm closing in two weeks. Because I had to give them a two-week notice. Legally, I couldn't just be like, I'm closing. Figure out something for your kids, right? Right. But I I just kind of sent out a notice that said, I'm going through a lot of mental crap right now. And I just don't feel like I'm the best person to be suited to take care of your children. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of strength to do that. I was about to say that probably wasn't easy, was it? It wasn't easy. And but mm-hmm. luckily, I mean, I see these parents every day, right? Mm-hmm. And they're real with me and they chat with me. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I talk to them. And so it wasn't a surprise. They knew that I was I had a new baby. They knew that I was struggling mm-hmm. mentally. They knew I had bouts of depression. We talked about those things. We related to those things. Mm-hmm. All of my parents were so fantastic. And so when I sent out that notice, they were actually relieved that I was getting the help that I needed. They yeah. were very gracious and very kind. But what was also a blessing was that since the Air Force came in and closed my daycare, they automatically found placement for their kids in other facilities or other things. The, the parents didn't have to put okay. that pressure on themselves. So it was a blessing. But yeah, so the daycare actually closed before I went into the hospital. And that was like... Okay. It was frustrating because I wanted to close on my terms, but the Mm -hmm. Air Force, when they came in, they were very loving and they just said, Mm -hmm. you know, you've already sent out a notice to your parents. So we're just doing what you were doing just a little sooner because you need this. And like four days later, I was admitted. And so I was grateful that they did that because had I been admitted and then there was no notice for these parents, like they would have showed up the next day and been like, Amanda's in the hospital. Like, hospital. you know what I mean? Right. So yeah. it worked out the way it needed to. It really did. It, I mean, the Air Force came in at the right time and it was good that they were there and they had my back for that. Um, in the moment, I was really embarrassed and really pissed off. But in retrospect, it was a good thing. So we closed the daycare. I got admitted and I came home and it was like this sense of like. Like, were you landing in just like when you came home from the hospital in a house that you just moved? I think like that was. Was it that again? We were like, okay. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. What yeah. do I do now? Now you, know you have two mean? babies. Yeah. Yeah. So I have my babies and mm-hmm. it was the first time that I could like look at my baby. She was eight mm-hmm. months old mm-hmm. and see hope. She's still, yeah. I'm going to cry. She's still my symbol of hope. She just yeah. turned five. Yep. She just started kindergarten. <laughs> and I just think of, all the crap we went through her first year and how resilient yeah, she yeah. was. And you know what I mean? Like she's just my little, her middle name is Ray. And so she's my mm-hmm. Ray. Mm-hmm. She's my Ray of light. So anyways, so I was kind of in this, like now what? And mm-hmm. then, you know, I said that prayer. I just, what the hell is my purpose in this life? Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing? Cause I'm here now. And I haven't, I thought I was doing the right thing, but what the hell, you know? Right. 
And so, um, let's see, I was admitted in April and by August I was starting school. So I had a summer of just, we went and visited family. Exhale. We just, you know, just a summer of just chill out. I painted over all the shit in my house. I gave Mm -hmm. all of the daycare stuff back to the Air Force because that was like a lending thing where they gave me all the stuff I needed for it. I I just reset. I just Mm -hmm. needed to reset. So anyways, that was that first couple months. And then I started school. And we Mm -hmm. were so blessed because since we're military, we qualified for all of like the Pell Grants Mm -hmm. and the scholarships. And we even had a grant that paid for 90% of our daycare costs. And so the remaining 10% we used our Pell Grants to pay for. And so I went to school and had support for my children and that support for me because I was seeing three different therapists at the time. I decided Mm -hmm. I did not want to be on meds because the meds that they wanted to put me on, I couldn't take while I was breastfeeding. And they said that my bipolar was so low key. I didn't even know I had it. Mm-hmm. Until they put me on the wrong meds, you know. And then so they're it set like, it just, off, right? Let's just do some therapy. Let's just dive it in. So we did, I did therapy for myself, was seeing the postpartum. I went back to the lady that originally had admitted me. She didn't think I was going to, but I did. And um, anyway, so we had a good like conversation, our first meeting with like how it all went down. And anyways, so that was good. So I was seeing a therapist for myself. And then I was seeing a therapist that it was the lady that was coming to my home. She's like a Mm -hmm. nurse that helps with like the parenting side of things, like how you can deal with like hard things in parenting. So I was seeing her. And then of course this took a a hit on our marriage, our communication, Mm -hmm. our like our connection, our everything. So we were also doing marriage counseling and those three therapies working all together. I was seeing each of them once a week. So that's three Mm -hmm. days a week while I'm in Mm -hmm. school full time, while I have two kids, like It was a big deal, but I needed to do it. It was for me. This was the Mm -hmm. time that was, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. No one else. I've seen, I think that, I don't want to say it's it's easy. That's not the right word I'm looking for, but you can see the value and slowing down and doing things for yourself when you've seen the opposite. Yep. You know, of like how bad it can be when you've let everything go and you've forgotten to prioritize yourself and you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, this fucking can't be it. And then the like it's funny, it's like, ladies, the thing that's gonna get you out of that is not taking care of your children more. It's nope. not taking care of your job more. It's not taking care of your husband more. It's taking care of yourself. Yep. And um, is there any other like in that time, were there any other things you learned about like motherhood and you know, of when learning to take care of yourself and, you know, how that changed, how you approached motherhood. Cause you had more kids Yeah. after this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, the first thing, like when I first started, I, mm-hmm. when I first started school, I felt guilty that my kids were going to daycare mm-hmm. because I'm their mom, right? I should be able to take mm-hmm. care of them. And mm-hmm. I'm obviously doing something wrong if, I was admitted and you know, there's all this shit that we beat ourselves up for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's not Mm -hmm. true. And none of it is true. We just beat ourselves up for it. So we just need to be freaking kinder to ourselves. Anyway. So I felt guilty that my kids were going to daycare while I was going to school. And then I realized, you know what? I'm not in a good place right now. And I need to do this for me. And they're Mm going to have way more fun at preschool Mm -hmm. and at daycare with other kids, with toys, with people that are in a good headspace to take care of them while I take care of me. I needed that time away from my kids, away from the house to do something that I loved and that challenged me and that pushed me. And I went into school with so much drive and so much passion. And this is what I'm meant to do because before that I had no purpose. 
I almost died. I almost lost my life to postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And um, I am a postpartum psychosis survivor. And that's a Mm -hmm. huge deal. And so anyways, so I went into school like giving it all that I had. And it wasn't until, so, okay, my very last semester, Mm -hmm. I, they, so in the process, I was, I registered for school as an associates of art with an emphasis in architecture. Mm-hmm. Halfway through my degree, they switched the requirements. If I mm-hmm. wanted a degree in architecture, I had to take physics and geology. And of course I didn't want to take those because I'm an artist. I did not want right. to take <laughs> physics. Yeah. And right. It killed me. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh, it was so awful. So of course I saved those for stupid. Don't ever do this. I saved them for the very last semester. The, the end. Mm-hmm. And I had to take them at the same time. And of so, <laughs> but that uh, last uh. semester... I also found out I was pregnant with my fourth baby. So I think the year before that, I had my son at midterms. I was like in labor and delivery, submitting my midterms online. You really like like to do big things at once. I just, I I don't know how to do one freaking thing at one time. I just don't know how to just have a baby. Whatever. (laughs) Let's let's move. (laughs) So, and then, I mean, we're military, so we move all the freaking time anyways. And so so I want to say- My daughter's eight. We've lived in one, two, three, four, five houses since she was born. So you know what I mean? Like it's, that blows my it's mind. one of those we, things. Yeah. So it's. We moved though. I've moved once with my family. <laughs> yeah. So we do it every year. <laughs> it feels like anyways, you yeah. know? And so, <laughs> Almost. I mean, not, yeah. not quite, but like. Close we enough. Moved, <laughs> yeah. We moved to, so we left San Antonio in 2019. We moved to Idaho And since the military base there didn't have housing for us, like they had a wait list, we had to stay with his family in Utah while we were waiting. I had my baby in Utah in transition mode because we moved while Mm -hmm. I was having a baby, of course, because that's how military wants to do it. (laughs) Anyways, and so I had my baby in Utah. And then when she was two weeks old, we moved up to our house on base in Idaho. And then about nine months after that, after we got there, we found a house we wanted to buy. So then we moved off base. And so it's like... This last year has been a year of transition. And you know what's yeah. funny is because mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2020, before anybody knew that 2020 was going to be a shit be, year. Right, yeah. I, <laughs> um, I had set the word for myself that I wanted uh-huh. to, my word, my intention for the year was mm-hmm. transform. Oh, I, well. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't know what my year was going to look like, but I knew that I did not want to be in the same place I was mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2019. Or at the end of 2019. Yeah. I did not want to be there by the end of 2020. And, you know, we're here. It's August 2020 now. And yeah. I um, I don't know when your thing's going to air, but it's August 2020. And um, I look back on even just this last eight months, and mm-hmm. I see all the things I've done this year. Starting this art membership, moving to a new house. You know, like, it, it's been transforming. Yeah. And it's it's not that it's like... It's not that I go through every day and like, how can I transform today? It's that I am just looking at what I want mm-hmm. and taking the next necessary steps to get there. And mm-hmm. that was the purpose that I was missing back in 2016 when I was admitted. And yep. you know, and so yep. I I had two kids while I was in school. I I don't know. Whatever. I just do it. You know, it's, it's like, I, this is what I want. This is what I need. I mean, our last two kids were surprises in ways. Um, it wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for them. And each one (laughs) came with a whole lot of emotional, like what the, 
what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So anyways, I'm grateful for my two new babies, I think, mm-hmm. had in 2016, had it been a totally different year for me and I was admitted and I don't know, God forbid, had I ended my life then, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have those two beautiful little blessings that I have now. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a lot of growth that has happened in the last five years, especially. And I just turned 30 this year and I am just so excited for this new decade. Like 2020, yeah, yeah, it freaking sucked, but I have grown so much this year. Yeah. Yeah. So it, much. That's part of your transform word. You really, and I think it sounds like in your story in the last five years, in the last year, it's funny, I feel like I did that too, is like transformed it. Yeah. Trans, like, oh, the, the, I hate to say like the meaning behind it, but like for me, you know, it was like transforming the story into like something that like okay now I'll maybe talk about to like oh I will now turn this and use this for other women you know yeah. <laughs> like because I, I, I figure like we're all going through all this crap right like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not the only one that hates this stupid remote learning like, yeah no you yeah. know what I mean like we're yeah. all going through it so why mm-hmm. not talk about it why mm-hmm. not spread awareness on it? Why mm-hmm. not create a group of women? Because everybody talks about how it's so hard to find your tribe, right? It's so hard right. to find mom friends. It's so hard to find – go out there and make one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know what I mean? It's like, if not, then find something. Like, mm-hmm. like the podcast that you can connect to to other women mm-hmm. or just join a Facebook group or – you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it is so hard. It's so hard. But mm-hmm. you have to take action. If you don't take action, mm-hmm. like you're not going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. right? If you want to mm-hmm. learn to walk, you got to actually freaking move your feet. Right, you got to take a step. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the message that where did this originate from? I can't remember who in my orbit would have said it. It's like an author or a you know podcaster, or whatever. We can do hard things. 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 Like. It's such a great message. Um, yeah, that I keep. The one I've been saying to myself a lot lately is that, and it it comes in two parts. Mm -hmm. My dreams are worth the effort. Mm -hmm. And I pause. I am worth the effort because it freaking takes effort, and it's Mm -hmm. hard. But you have to, if you want something, you have to set a vision. I'm such a goal setter. I I freaking set goals and I don't just achieve them. I freaking slay them. And I, it's okay to say that because I I have that passion. I have that drive. I have that commitment to, if I write down a goal, if I'm going to take the time to write it freaking down, I'm going to do it. And so anyways, I just, I have a lot of passion behind what I do. I have a Mm -hmm. lot of love Mm -hmm. behind the women that I'm helping. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it, I'm, it's so hard because I paint because art saved my life. Mm-hmm. That's why I do what I do. This saved my life. And it's like, well, if I'm going to paint, why not just record myself painting? Right. Why not teach other people how to do it? Why not share that love with other people? So mm-hmm. it's, it's evolved. And even in the last five weeks of this opening, we mm-hmm. have created a giving back program where – so every single month we donate, even though our revenue is very small right now. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to grow because I know so many women are just going to love this. And so I, we've set up a program from the beginning. Every single month we donate a portion of our revenue, 10% to be specific right now. Hopefully that will grow. We can donate more when we can. Um, but we donate it to a nonprofit. It's called Postpartum Support International. Postpartum, su- 
postpartum.net is their website. Okay. And it's all about all things women's mental health. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was exponentially freaking awesome is when I'm on their website submitting a donation, um, it prompts me to like, would you like to make this donation in tribute of someone, in someone's honor or in someone's oh, memory? I love it, yeah. And I'm like, how beautiful would that be to involve my community in this? And mm-hmm. so I have a section on my website now where people can go and submit a name of someone that has struggled, is struggling, or break my heart, has they've lost to mm-hmm. any form of mental health. I, I support women's mental health, postpartum depression, whatever, but men suffer from this stuff too. And they're yeah. equally as valuable and they're equally mm-hmm. as important. And so I just, I will submit a name for anybody. Like, it doesn't matter. If you have struggled with any form of mental health, any kind of addiction, disease, whatever, and you want to submit a name, mm-hmm. I will submit a name for you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just rallying around this community of people mm-hmm. that need support and creating a community that lifts each other up. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Rising tide. The rising yeah. tide. The so anyways, mm-hmm. it's just a purpose-driven thing. And I don't think that I would have ever, ever done any of this had I not hit rock bottom in 2016. Mm-hmm. A bird just flew into my window. Sorry, that's why I like whipped over. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> um, and I've fa- like I, I found that you know I found well, of course, because I've structured the entire show around it. But there always is a bottom, and it's not just an alcoholic bottom. Like I, through my own experience, you know, like oh, th- there's a turning point in a lot of you know women's lives, and it can be considered a bottom or dark, like whatever you want. But like, there is a moment that things aren't going so fucking great. And we yeah. can say, stop, I'm going to do something different. Ugh, such good stuff. Is there anything else you want to tell us? And then we, we got a couple orders of business. We'll t- like, is there anything else you want to talk about your story? And then we'll talk about um, where people can find you. And then it also has questions. Okay. So let's start with, is there anything else you want to let people know? Yeah, so I have a free art club where like, oh, very cool. we have our membership, right? A paid membership mm-hmm. where that's really cool. And we do a lot of yeah. beautiful things in there. And obviously, you know, subscribing to our paid membership helps support our giving back and all of those efforts and all those things. However, I know it takes commitment and you have to be mm-hmm. ready for that because it, mm-hmm. it, you are diving in mentally and it can be kind of heavy to commit to something like that. So we have a free art club where we take all of our favorite art lessons inside our membership and we drop them into a free club. There's a Facebook group for it. Um, and that's open to anybody. And so you can go to my website. It's www.sketchedandsealed.com. I know you'll probably put it in the show notes, so I won't spell it out for you, but it's okay. Yep. Yeah. So go to www.sketchedandsealed.com and, um, there's a free art club there. So I'd love to have you guys join us. Oh, I love we that. We have a lot of fun with that. So is it something that the videos are there and people can watch them, but then they can interact with the community as well? Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Perfect. And you mm-hmm. can even comment in the membership, like underneath the videos and stuff, but mm-hmm. most people take it to Facebook, um, yeah. which is chill. Like, I mean, that's where everybody's yeah. at. And so that's where most of the community is mm-hmm. over in Facebook, but yeah, you can watch the videos at your own time, at your own pace. You can pause it, come back to it. Like, Mm-hmm. There's I, I'm I'm continuously adding to it. But right now mm-hmm. we have 13 watercolor lessons and art journal downloads and all sorts of fun things in there. Um, and so we'll probably just keep adding to it and revamping it and loving on it. But it's a really fun little 
a little club. You want a community? You need a tribe? Come on over. Right. We'll love you. <laughs> oh, I love it. We got your website. Um, do you have social media accounts? Yes. Like an Instagram. I'm at Sketched on, and Sealed on everything. On everything? Yep. Same. At got Sketched it. and Sealed all over the okay. place. Okay, cool. So, and then my podcast is called Safely Spoken. And yes. we just, we talk about all things women's mental health and mm-hmm. it's a safe place to talk about real life and real emotions. And we have some beautiful guests. My podcast is probably my favorite thing that I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. We're building our YouTube page too, but I need to put a lot more love into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, Right now I'm pouring a lot of love into my podcast and it's been so much fun. Yes. And everyone, I recorded an episode with Amanda, so you'll have to hear that one. Yours actually. So, because my husband deploys soon, Uh I was getting ahead of schedule. And so I actually have yours not to air till March. That's okay. (laughs) I just needed to get ahead while I had the support of my kids. Do the time. Yeah. (laughs) But when you're here. When you're hearing this, just I'll, I'll make sure to let you all know that when my episode comes out on your show, everyone will know. And let's see. I guess that's we can do my questions now. I have yeah. this is new for my second season, which started in July. I love this. When I've thought of this, I don't know if you. Oh, no, you were too young. Um, the Daily Show was hosted by Greg Kinnear before John Stewart a long time ago, and he used to do five questions and. That's where I got the idea from. But I've mentioned this before. Brene Brown ends her show with questions now. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm ripping off Brene, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we love Brene. She's so great. Oh, every everything. Okay. What was your first car? A, oh, gosh. A 1990 mm-hmm. Honda Civic. Ooh, what color was it? <laughs> Or Honda Accord. I don't know. Oh, it was a it Honda. Honda. And it got totaled because some guy T-boned me. <gasps> oh, shit. Honda. <laughs> when did you get your period? Uh, I was 13. I was in seventh grade. And I luckily I was at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. No kidding. Okay. This is a big topic of discussion in my house. Uh, toilet paper. <clears throat> Over. Under. Or this one, I really don't understand. Or you don't care? Um, I do care. Okay, good. <laughs> my husband does not. My kids do not. If it was up to my two-year-old, toilet paper is just all over the bathroom. Right. Um, <laughs> um, over. Right. It goes yeah. over. It goes over. And um, little side note while we're talking about toilet paper and mm-hmm. 2020 and the year of toilet paper. <laughs> right, yeah. We have two bidets at home. So yeah. You know. We have one too. <laughs> Everyone, if you're thinking about getting one, like we were thinking get about one. getting get one. Oh my God. Just for the warm seat. <laughs> and mine has a light too. Does yours have a light? So at no, night. Yours is much more fancy than mine. Oh <laughs> I my God. Mine for $20 on Amazon. <coughs> ours was a little more than that. Not not the fancy. Uh, wait, ours was Amazon, but it was a little more than that. But our, it has a blue light. So like I'm 40. I don't remember when it happened in the last like three years. So I can't go through the night without having to get up and pee. I've had four kids. I fucking guess. I don't know. And so it's great because yeah. there's just like a glowing blue orb and I know where to go. I'm like, yeah. I just, like, <laughs> really barely wake up, you know? Uh, are you a fan of Lizzo? Should I know who that is? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, write this down. <laughs> this is why I asked because I'm like, if women, she's the best. You probably heard of one of her songs but didn't know her name. Oh, she's an um, artist. Okay. I just, Yes. 
you know what though? Mm-hmm. I don't even know freaking Beyonce sometimes. Like right. I am yeah. so it's not that I'm like I mean, yeah, I might be ignorant, mm-hmm. but it's just that I just I'm She's not also doing really educated. great stuff on social media. Like she was hosting some lives during the quarantine where she was like reading guided meditations and had her crystals and was lighting her incense. Like I fucking love her so much. So she I'll look her up. This yeah, the song is um I took a DNA test, turns out I'm hundred percent that bitch. I even crying crazy. Anyway. All right, cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> cilantro, yes or no? Yes. Yes, I right. love cilantro. My mother in law thinks it tastes like dirt. <gasps> There's people that it, she's probably one of them tastes like soap. They say it tastes like soap. That's why I asked she says dirt. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, but it can taste different to different people. Oh, interesting. When you drink a latte or cappuccino or whatever, I don't know, maybe your cereal. Some people are like, I don't drink coffee. I'm like, okay, when you use milk, what milk do you use? We buy 1% uh-huh. milk Okay. for our family. Okay. But we buy whole milk for my baby. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Get it. Somebody told me about macadamia milk, macadamia nut milk today. Haven't been we there. Own, we own coffee shops. That's why I asked this because we have all the milks. So that's oh, why yeah. I'm fascinated and ask this. When I go to my local yeah. coffee shop, I order it with Breve though. <gasps> now see, that's what I was looking for. Everyone who doesn't know what that is, that means half and half. Like that <laughs> balls out. I applaud you for that. <laughs> Do they use half and half or heavy cream? Do you know? They give me the option. Do they say, do you want heavy cream or brevet? And I'm like, well, brevet sounds fancy. Can I have that one? And I think they charge more for whipping cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's expensive as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. But they call call it brevet. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, that's... Can I just like put my finger up when I drink it? Yes, you absolutely have to. We're at a tea party because I'm having brevet. Like, it sounds fancy. (laughs) Yeah, if you wanted that, everyone. So if you went to a coffee shop and you want it made with cream, you say, can I have a latte brevet or brevet latte? Yes. Oh, I, oh, that's the information I was looking for, for sure. Can you drive a standard transmission? Yes, I can. Good. Good. That's like, you have to learn that because... Yes, everyone. That's it, another reason why I asked this. Ladies, hello. Learn it. Get your, you know get your mental health we, in check and learn how to drive a standard. <laughs> my husband, right. My husband, he bought a stick shift car. And mm-hmm, it was like mm-hmm. this, I mean... Gosh, 1993 Toyota Camry when we were very first married. But it was a great deal. And he's like, oh, I don't know how to drive a stick, but we're going to freaking learn. Mm -hmm. And we learned on that runky junk, like, piece of crap car. It lasted us for a couple of years. But we both learned how to drive it. And it Mm -hmm. really came in handy Mm -hmm. a lot of times that we knew how to drive stick. And Yes, absolutely. So we've had a couple of stick shift cars in the last couple of years. But... The, our most recent stick shift car, it was totaled on our move to Idaho. My, yeah, it was like we were, uh-huh. we had just put everything in the storage unit and then we were driving back from Boise and um, my father-in-law fell asleep at the wheel and <gasps> flipped it and they were all fine. They all walked away. It was yeah. beautiful. Like this beautiful experience of wear your seatbelt, give thanks for everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was one of yeah, those kinds of yeah. things, but yeah. that was the last stick shift that we had. Now my <laughs> husband was on the side of the road covered in like dirt and scrapes and stuff. And he was doing this little happy dance and just like bouncing. I'm like, what's your deal? And he goes, now I get a truck. So he was pretty <laughs> excited about that. That's yeah. <laughs> He's a firefighter. So he was like, I he need is, he like, needs a, truck. a firefighter yeah. car. So yes. that's a truck. Yes. Family of origin. Obviously I've got the family. Like, yes. Where are you in the birth order? 
So, well, that's a complicated question. Oh. So my mom was a teenage mom. Okay. And I guess her boyfriend at the time was also hooking up with her best friend. Oh. So I have a half-sister that's older than me. Um, Okay. And then my mom had my sister at like 18. Mm -hmm. And then she had me. I'm nine months or 11 months younger than my sister. So Mm -hmm. teenage mom, like left and right, all of us, right? right? And then my mom left that guy because he's a douche and Mm -hmm. then got married to who I call my dad and they had two kids. So I have four sisters in total. Okay. And then the biological guy over there, I don't know. He's got like a shit ton of kids all over the place. So I don't freaking know. But the girls that I grew up with, I have four sisters. And I am right in the middle. Middle. I'll say you are the third one then. Yep. Oh, I love that. Uh, What was your kindergarten teacher's name? You, of course, would ask me that. I know. I love asking people this. I know my second grade teacher's name because her name Mm -hmm. was Mrs. Stanley. And she had to take a medical leave for whatever reason in the middle of the year, and they replaced her with Mr. Stanley. And so I had- No relation or were they- No relation. It (laughs) It was just coincidence. But I remember that one very vividly. I I have no idea what my kindergarten teacher's name was. I have no idea. I I love asking this question. You're not the only one who doesn't remember. (laughs) Okay. And this is the last one. What do you regret more, high heels or jalapenos? High heels. (laughs) I love jalapenos. Jalapenos. High heels hurt my feet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a flats. I like some moccasins and some mm. sandals and barefoot. Uh, you, it takes a lot for me to wear heels. It's got to be a fancy it. night. It's got to be fancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all. That's all I got, girl. I guess we just got to wrap it up. So yeah, check. This was so much fun. This is the been the best. So check out everything Amanda, you know, sketched and sealed. And I am at LaJoy Society and uh, we'll meet here again next week. Thanks, everyone. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense Let it go.